Good morning, good morning. Whether you're tuning in live or uh, listening on the podcast here, we are at day 126, I believe. It is uh, May 6th. As promised, I have my very good friend back here with me, and we're very excited to do this again. It's been a long time, Pastor Keith. It really has. I've missed it like you don't even know. Yes, yes, yes. It's wonderful to be back. Thanks, brother. So those of you that are listening, um, maybe tuning in for the first time, or you're on Facebook Live, or uh, you know, catching us at a different place, this is a podcast that we do each and every day where I actually read the Bible to you. We have a 20-minute segment, and then every once in a while, as much as we possibly can, we do a part B where we do a discussion around the passages of that day. And so all the information you can find, if you just type in uh, Sojourning the Podcast, you can find that there on any of your platforms. And then um, to submit questions or find any of the links, if you just go to allenwood.church, and then there's a podcast tab that you can grab a hold of there at that point. So uh, as mentioned, Pastor Keith, good morning, good afternoon. Where? What time is it? Yeah. Oh, it's just about 12 o'clock. That's perfect right. timing, huh? Good day. Good yeah. day, brother. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we are in these passages here of Isaiah. We just finished out Isaiah technically today. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about even yesterday's passages leading yeah. into today right. and maybe some other various ones in the New Testament because it all sort of mm-hmm. carries in and connects, right? Yes, absolutely. In, in different aspects. Yeah. Um, so first of all, why don't we just kind of... Well, let's not even go there. Let's we'll let the Lord kind of do His thing. Good. So why don't you it's start? The best thing to do. I with, will. with Psalm one twenty, right? Sure. Yeah, I'm going to read. One, I'm going to read part of one twenty one as well. One twenty one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And so, um, yeah, for these two days as we we finish up Isaiah, uh, in Isaiah it's really sixty one to sixty six, which closes us out right. that section, that last portion of Isaiah. Um, and then we always have a psalm, right, that goes with it, a reading from the psalms. And so today it's uh, Psalm 120 and also 121, which may be familiar to you more than 120. But here's what it says. So um, th- these these two psalms are the beginning psalms of what we call the, the songs of ascent. So these are pilgrim songs. So these are songs that were sung by pilgrims making their way up to Jerusalem, usually mm. for a high holy day coming to worship God in the temple and to offer their sacrifices. And so these were songs, it's a section of the Psalms which start in 120, uh, which really are songs that were traditionally sung by the pilgrims on their way to Jerusalem, to the holy city of Israel. And um, here's what 120 says. Um, I'm going to read part of it, and I'm going to read um, all of Psalm 121 to give us an idea. So that's what you can kind of picture when you're you're hearing these read. Um, So from 120. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me, Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. He goes on to say, Woe to me that I sojourn in Meshech, and that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. Too long have I had my dwelling among those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Mm. That was the beginning and the end of that. Psalm 121 says this, I lift my eyes up to the hills, and where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. 
He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. And those are our psalm readings for today. Mm. Beautiful. Right, and so this is what they would be singing as they're making way, you know, making their way, and, and some of them maybe wouldn't even get to go every year. You know, maybe it was a once in a lifetime chance right, for them. You right, know? right, right. Of course, it was always the goal that they would be in Jerusalem to worship God. Um, I keep coming back to know, that verse seven where he says, "I, I am for peace." Yep. And there's almost this declaration before that: "My soul's dwelt too long with one who hates peace." Mm-hmm. Um. And and I'm and it connects as well as we were talking before with the end of Isaiah because in the end of mm. I, of our Isaiah passages remember Isaiah is prophesying um, before the exile right and you had picked up and mentioned that yesterday's reading where um is this declaration in sixty what do we say sixty one sixty one in the first two verses is the first two verses where Jesus decides to read out of the scroll of Isaiah when he goes in and is asked to read yeah, and says, today this is being fulfilled. Yeah, so in Luke 4, we see the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry. Right. And he walks into the temple, and um, the scroll is handed to them to him. And this is what the scroll is, of course, not by coincidence, right? Right. And he reads from the beginning of Isaiah 61. And then he says, right, that the hearing... Uh, that the, this has been fulfilled in your right. hearing today. Right. So he's proclaiming himself as the Messiah. Correct. That he has come to do what it says. You want to read a... But, yes. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. But he stops. He does. He stops. So, yeah. so I'll read what, right. what he reads. Go ahead. And this is out of Isaiah, but this is also recorded for us in Luke of, mm-hmm. of his recording. The spirit of the God of God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Mm. And then right before he sits down, he says, this has been fulfilled in your hearing today. That's right. But Isaiah continues and the day of vengeance of our God Mm -hmm. to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Mm. And that one little and the day of vengeance of our God. Why did Jesus not proclaim that, Pastor Keith? Well, here's what I believe. I believe that obviously he knew what he was doing. And so it says that when he read when he was reading from Isaiah, he stopped right in the middle of what we see as verse 2 right. to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then it says he rolled up the scroll, handed it back, and then he said that was um, um, fulfilled in everybody's hearing. So he was proclaiming himself Messiah. Yeah. But remember, Messiah came, Jesus came, his first advent. He came to earth as Savior, as the rescuer, the redeemer. To do what? To bring peace. Mm. To why? How do we have peace through salvation? Yeah. Right. So Jesus came to bring salvation from sin, from personal sin, and um, that's what brings us ultimate peace. So Jesus came to bring uh, peace and safety, and all that the people of Israel have been waiting for for hundreds and hundreds of years. And He's proclaiming, saying, "Now it is in your presence." When Jesus and John the Baptist went around preaching the gospel of the kingdom. 
he was making that offer of the kingdom to them, saying the the, the kingdom of heaven is at hand because he was there in their midst with right, them. Right. And he's saying, you can have all that I read, all that was prophesied in Isaiah 61. I am fulfilling that, and I'm here to bring that. Mm. But remember, Jesus didn't come the first time in his first advent as judge. He's coming back as judge. For the vengeance right? of the Lord. For the vengeance of the Lord. Right, and so he came first to bring that great day of the Lord, that kingdom, that that salvation that we know as Christians that we have in Him, mm. right, through His work on the cross. But that's what He came to bring. But we know He said He would be back, and He's returning as Judge to bring in the vengeance, the day of vengeance. So yeah. first was the day of the the year of the Lord, meaning, excuse me, this span of of grace and right. peace, right, uh, in Him. But he said, but I'm coming back. Because why? God is a God of justice. Yeah. And God is just. It's his nature. And so sin ultimately has to be, um, it has to be judged. Right. right. But praise God that we know that our personal, on a personal level, our sin has been judged in Christ. It was placed on him. Right. Uh, but God still is not done judging the sin of this world in that sense. So, so that's why he stopped. And let's lean into that word peace a little bit more. Good, yeah. Because... Remember, Isaiah is preaching to a people who are about to go into exile because of their disobedience yes, to God, because yes. of their not turning to him, finding all of all of their humanity and all of their satisfaction and, and all that to him. Instead, um, we just got done reading through First and Second Kings and mm-hmm. the Chronicles, and during this period of time, the rulers were leading the people into worshiping idols and mm-hmm. establishing high places and... Even when Hezekiah comes and restores the word of God, it, the Bible specifically records that he did not tear down all of the high places. Yeah. So even in the midst of a little bit of reform, it wasn't complete reform. Mm-hmm. And so I like to think of that word of peace, not only, I think I think even as believers today, we always kind of think about peace for ourselves, sure. you know, peace for me, mm-hmm. peace for my yeah, immediate peace, circumstance, yeah. you know, right, all these right, different right. kinds of things. Um but it's interesting because the people of the day where Isaiah is prophesying also found a peace, but it was a temporary false peace, mm-hmm. right? Because they were yeah. finding it in different idols. They were finding mm-hmm. it in, in many different kinds of worship, mm-hmm. which is why even Jesus comes – actually, I think it's in Jeremiah where it says um, – in that day, they will be crying peace, peace when there mm-hmm. is no peace. Yes, that's right. And it's almost more of that um, recollection of there's that there's this false idea of peace. Mm-hmm. It's not like they were crying peace and there wasn't any. There was a temporary peace, but it wasn't the true peace that Jesus spoke of. Amen, that's right. Which is restored relationship with yeah, God. Yes, it is. That's where it's a true peace ultimate is. form of peace. Yep. And you know, I've been thinking an awful lot about that whole idea of like even selfishness within that. Mm. Um, you know, you and I were just having a conversation with this whole past year has brought up so many different aspects. We have to look at life and mm-hmm. how we deal with others, believers, non-believers. Mm-hmm. How how cautious do we play in the world that we live? That's right. Um, and you know, walk that balance of you know separation between world and the church, but also being called into the world. How do you mm-hmm. how do you do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I start thinking. That has to begin with a heart yes, it does. for genuine peace towards those that don't have genuine mm. peace that's only yeah. found in Christ. And that is what has to then shape and mold how we decide 
when we decide what all of that even looks like, even going into the world. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example here, and I shared it briefly with uh, with the church on this past Sunday, but um, one of our missionaries is a gentleman that was a good friend of mine. He was a big part of my life when I even before I came to the Allenwood Church here. Okay. Uh, his name's JP, and and long story short, he was over. He was the Director over at Ocean Grove. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you met him at some sure, point. Sure, sure. Anyways, oh, yeah. Yeah. so he and his wife were called to Africa Inland Missions, right. and they've been in Africa for almost two years now. Good. And he was just sharing with me. I just spoke with them a couple of days ago, and they were sharing how most of the world is shutting down religious visas. Mm. And so where most – there's been so much freedom in most countries where you could just get a religious visa mm-hmm. – missionaries would be able to do that to go in and preach the gospel. And he said they're very quickly and very quickly have shut down the ability to do that. Um, And it's happening like overnight. And so what some of these... And why is that? Well, because of the hatred of Christianity, Mm -hmm. right? Because when when a true peace disrupts a false peace, Uh the people that create the false peace get upset. That's right. Right. Or the the powers that be get upset. Of course. Um, Because even in Jesus's thing, like setting captives free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're, you can be captive to a false peace. Of course. And then the oppressor or the creator of that false peace loses control. Correct. Whatever it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So, so what's happening now, some of these ministries are getting, are getting very creative Mm. and they're, they're realizing they have to develop people's skills to be able to get in to then preach the gospel. So what's happening is this idea of missions that I've you and I've talked about this before, right? Mm-hmm. Like if if we could change people's understanding in the way in which they live, mm-hmm. it would make I believe crazy amounts of change in the kingdom of God where we are because for so long there's this idea of like sending out to be a missionary yeah, and, and we've lost that idea of like, I've already been sent out. Mm. I'm just sent out to where I am here in yeah. America. Right. Right. And anyway, so yeah, it's a good point that yeah, so, the great commission has already happened. It's already been given to us. So what they're doing, to, yeah, so what they're right. doing is they're beginning to help people develop business skills Mm -hmm. to be able to go in with business visas with the missionary mindset of bringing Christ, but also being a good businessman Mm -hmm. or businesswoman that will enable them to stay where they are. Mm -hmm. So that interesting concept of this, how do we in the world and not of the world and bring that ultimate true peace? And the the reality is I think it has to start with us realizing that is our mission. It's not, it's not always just about the peace that we have. We need to find that peace in order to go and, and do it, right? You can't be a disciple. You can't make disciples if you're not a disciple. You're first. Right. You, That's you're right. Disciple yourself first. That's true. And it's kind of the same deal is how do you proclaim peace if we don't first find peace? And maybe sometimes that's where we get stopped, where we seek it for ourselves so much. Mm. And then we find it and unfortunately just kind of settle down and forget that it's also mm. meant to be brought to others. Yeah, well, sure. Are we not called ambassadors of Christ? Right. right? So as we're, we are then ambassadors of hope. We're ambassadors at everything Christ uh, brings and all that he represents. So we are ambassadors of peace. Right. We are ambassadors of hope. Right. right? And um, ambassadors of love. And so when an ambassador, like an ambassador from the U.S. goes to another country, He's not going to change that country. He's not going to bring, you know, um, you know, the 
all the, the the establishments of his country and the beliefs of his country to that country. He's representing his country in a mm-hmm. foreign land, right? Mm-hmm. So we as ambassadors realize that we are representing Christ in a foreign land, right? Because this is a foreign land to us. We're supposed to be different and look different because we are different. We are regenerated. And so the world doesn't know the peace that Christ brings. He says, I, I bring you peace, not as the world brings peace, right? Mm. It's a peace that only he can bring. It's that peace that passes understanding. But we have to first, of course, experience that peace um, by believing in the Lord Jesus for salvation. But you're absolutely right. I think with too many of us, and I'm sure we can you know, put ourselves right in that same category as we just leave that where it is because we have then found that peace. But we want it for the people in the world around us. At least we should because as ambassadors, that's what we're called to do. Right, we're called to bring that peace, and so if we look at the Psalms here and we see the, um, you know, the, those making their way up to Jerusalem, they're they're crying out for peace, and the one, like you said, at the end of Psalm one twenty, and um, the writer says, "I'm for peace." He's like, "I'm for peace," but when I say when I talk about peace, the people around me are talking about war, and can't we all relate to that today? It's like if we say that we're people of peace and we want peace around us, and we know that Jesus brings peace. It seems like everything is like, no, chaos, war, you know, or a false peace, even worse. Right. right? And so we, we should be for peace, but realizing that the world around us, which is not our world, right? Um, Satan has dominion over yeah. this world. God is always sovereign. He's not never in control, but we know that this is Satan's economy, his world, yeah. right? And so um, it's going to be against us. So we're going to be like those pilgrims, you know, saying, hey, like everything around us, like there are, you know, it's it's the, there's warrior sharp arrows and glowing coals of the broom tree. Like there's these, this chaos around us, right? right? And we represent true peace, right? But those that uh, are coming against us, they don't like that, like you said. And especially if there's a sense of um, peace that is a false peace, that's not a lasting peace, right? Um, then it's going to, the, um, you know, the powers that be are going to come against that even more so. But like you said, we should be people of peace, right? First seeking that peace within us, but then it doesn't stop there. We take that outside of ourselves, outside of our the four walls of our church yeah. and our home to be ambassadors of that. Mm. You know, and um, because look, you know, we can't we, we can't forget as, as these passages are telling us, and like in Isaiah, that judgment is coming. You know, and we shouldn't be glad about that. Right. I think we can all admit that there's sometimes when we see injustice around the world, we're like, oh, we want man, it to be taken care of yeah, now, right? Or like we gloat in inside, like someday they're going to get theirs. Yeah. You know, boy, I'm glad I'm not them. Yeah. You know, but no, it shouldn't be that way because once we were like them without Christ. You know, do you think that, do you think that sometimes it's, it's easy to be fooled into believing that we're resting in true peace or we're fighting for the peace that we're talking about here, but it be a false peace. Like I'm just thinking like we're in this day, right? So we're in New Jersey here and there are many that do not uh, like some of the laws or the things that are kind of coming down and, um, Mm. I'm not one to I'm not one to stand myself in that place, and I don't like to okay. to bring it up in the pulpit very frequently. And it's getting harder and harder not to do mm-hmm. against certain things. I understand, but it also troubles my heart sometimes when I see so much energy put forth in attempting to change the false peace. Yeah. 
instead of resting in and bringing the true peace. Yes, that's a great point. And yep, it's a absolutely. hard thing because mm-hmm. I get it, right? It's like, I want to go vote too. I'm going to go and vote too. Um, and I, th- I think some people are not enough involved to even care about mm-hmm. that. But I think as a pastor, my big concern is if we don't get the heart right in the beginning, even the way in which we go about it can can and probably yes. will be wrong. Amen. Even if that wrongness is a, a wrong stewardship of energies and time that God's given us. It can be well-intended. We can have good intentions. And right. we can have uh, biblical motivations. Yeah. Right? But if you're right, if we're not bringing the true peace of Christ that then dwells in us as believers, yeah. then we're going to in some way be contributing to yeah. that false peace. You yeah. know, because what one of the great tactics of our enemy is to uh, mix in a little bit of a lie with a lot of truth. Yeah, so it looks good. When you were when you were so bringing it, it back good. into that idea of uh, this not being like like we're sojourning, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're in a foreign land. Yeah, that idea is really the, the when when somebody's called to be a missionary, mm-hmm. their whole life work is with that undergirded understanding and realization that they're in an unknown land that's not their that's not their home. So in many ways, it's like that's almost assumed. So like when somebody gets the call to be a missionary, it takes months and years sometimes to prepare for that. You're raising support. You're getting rid of the things that you can't take with you. You're learning the new language and and the culture of the place, but you're not learning it to go and get settled in. You're learning it to infiltrate it with the peace of the gospel. Yes. And man, I wish I could, I wish that... I wish I would wake up every morning as a missionary to my township. You know, I feel like if I woke up with that understanding yeah. and mindset that like I had this date that I was going to be sent to this place in this role and and my and my goal was to bring the peace of Christ into the hearts of the people of that land, mm-hmm. I feel like it would change the way that I look at everything that sure. day. That's good. And I feel like even sometimes I might get close to it, but when I have that conversation with that missionary I was just sharing with you about, I'm it, I almost I almost get this idea of like, man, if I could grasp that. You know, like if 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 Jesus would by his grace allow me the kind of favor to act and live and wake up every day as if I were going to Africa. Mhm. But I'm really coming from somewhere else, and I'm going to Wall Township, New Jersey. Yeah, does that make sense? Absolutely. No, but why I'm, is it so hard, I though? Know, it is. Like, why is that such a hard mental yeah. block? It's almost like, mm-hmm. it's almost like because we've been brought up in this land, mm-hmm. we feel as citizens. But the Bible tells us that we're not. No. Yeah. So what we do is we redefine things throughout life, and we we define terms, we define concepts based upon our experiences and our surroundings. Yeah. But we need, as believers, as people of the book, people of the word, always going back to the word to make sure that we're defining ourselves right. and we're defining the world around us as God does. Yeah. Right. And so uh, we are, as the church, as believers, the body of Christ, we're called. We are on mission. Right, we're on a mission from God. Did you ever see the old Blues Brothers movie? Right, yep, we're on yep, a mission yep, yep. from God. And it's one thing to say that. I'm not advocating that. the movie, but I'm saying it's a funny line that people know. It's just like I'm on a mission from God. Yeah. And so, 
what's our mission? No matter what world we live in, no matter what country we live in, no matter what government system we're under, um, you know, our mission doesn't change. So as we see our country changing and maybe the peace we've experienced, the freedoms that we've experienced and enjoyed for many years, for hundreds of years in this country, in a unique way, like many other countries never have in world history, um, as we see those things changing, right, for better or for worse, and Scripture says, I believe, take it literally, it's going to get worse, Yeah. then, uh, we first of all, we shouldn't be surprised, okay? And secondly, maybe we're going to have to start, con- you know, connecting with our brothers and sisters around the world yeah. who have experienced oppression for their faith for thousands of years um, under oppressive regimes and say, how do we do this? How do we live like Christians in this kind of world? But because we're all the mission is the same, no matter what's going on. All right. And that mission is one heart at a time, one life at a time. So we're not called to change society, but society will change as people's hearts change. That's the way it's supposed to work. Their hearts and minds are changed because that's where, like you said earlier, that's where that true peace comes in. Right. Um, but you know, look, we, we, we remember that the church is really been given two mandates, and I'm not talking about um, you know the the commandments for baptism and communion. Um, as far as the reason the church exists, the church is, exists to um, equip the saints and evangelize. That's an easy way to, to say it, right? That we are to do two main things: that we are to be built up in the body. Um, it says it in Ephesians four, and he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. So we get together on Sundays, we have our celebration time, we worship together, we encourage each other, we get together throughout the week to study the word, to fellowship in people's homes, right? Um, To do all that because we're building each other up to the maturity until we attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, it says, right? To, To the maturity um, that's the goal, right? As the church, we are growing, mm. right? We're learning and growing together so that we can then step outside the, the walls of the church and be the church, mm. right? I saw that on your, on your card right here at, yeah, that's at, our, that's at our, right, Allenwood. Yeah, to be the church. I love philosophy. it. Yeah. But we can't be the church till we know how to, right? So we get together, we encourage each other, we read the word of God yeah. and we're built up, right? And the leaders in the church help to build up the body, so that we can do what? Just sit around and, and you know pat ourselves on the back about how mature we are? No, it's to take that out and then to tell other people about Jesus Christ and to share the gospel, to proclaim the gospel, right? If Jesus came to proclaim the good news, we're coming to proclaim the good news of Jesus, yeah. right? So we do those two things. We get built up and then we go out. But we're going out into a foreign land. Every time we step outside of our door, it's a foreign land. You know, I was once in a church where they had a sign over the, the exit door and it said, you're now entering the mission field, you know, and it wasn't some place around the world in a third world country. It's it's right outside your door because we are missionaries. Right. And I, you just use the word that I like. Maybe that's the defining thing as I'm thinking through it. I'm, a, I'm like a definition guy. Right. So I I just have the, the word on mission has been thrown around in church for like so long now. Mm-hmm. It's almost just mm-hmm. a part of that DNA. Right. Yeah. But it's a different thing to say I'm on mission because we can be on mission for so many different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a different thing to say I'm a missionary. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if I, that's a game changer for me. That's like so brought, what does it brought me back right. It? 
Yeah, for me, because it's okay. I, even, yeah, yeah. you know, I asked that question, like, how can I even think that? But I think I've always thought about, I'm on mission, you know, and I, I define mm. mission by being a pastor and building people up. And, but like a missionary gives more of that full perspective. I mean, you just said it, like we're going into the mission field, we're missionaries. Mm. And there's just been this like overarching, a missionary, someone who goes somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we wake up somewhere else really Mm -hmm. as believers, you know, Mm -hmm. craziness every day, every day we do. But look at, we, you know, we, we, missionaries um, on mission. Yeah. Anyway. No, no, look, look, to think about, of course. And you know, the pastor in me just wants to say like, how do we, how do we maintain that perspective? We have to stay in the word. You know, you can never say it enough, but that's how we not only learn about who we are and who God is and what that mission is, right? but we have to be reminded of it just because we've read it once doesn't mean we're going to remember it. So we read it over and over again. It's that, it's that Romans 12, right? But you know, that, that we are to renew our minds, right? It's a daily ongoing process. Right. We have to, because we're forgetful people, but Mm. we have to remember. It's why I think the Lord said to do communion whenever you get together, because we're forgetful. Yep. He's like, don't forget what I did for you. So every time you get together, remember. <laughs> we forgot know? to prepare the communion yeah. during for, for communion last Sunday. So it's like, <laughs> we're called May, to do May communion. Crept up on you. May crept up on you. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, yeah. 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 So, but that's right. So the, the point is, is that we're reminded in his word. He's given it to us. Like, mm. this is who I am. This is what I want for you. Right. And in our passages today, he's reminding us what a great you know um, truth is that that the 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 pilgrim says he is for peace and his god is for peace our god is for peace and he brought us ultimate peace in Jesus Christ cuz nobody can know peace without him mm. right and one day he will bring ultimate peace cuz even though he's brought peace do we look around do we have peace in our world no do we have perfect peace in our minds and our hearts and our relationships at home no we don't but we know in Christ that the penalty for sin has been paid. The power of sin no longer has control over us because we can now say no to it in Christ. But the presence of sin is still here. Yeah. Until he returns as judge, he came as savior. He's coming back to finally judge. And we see that at the end of Isaiah, right? In mm-hmm. Isaiah 66, he talks about that, which is then also repeated and alluded to at the end of Revelation. Um you know, about how the, the new heavens, the new earth, like there is that perfect peace coming um, to the whole world. But praise God, we get to know that perfect peace in the person of Jesus Christ, mm. you know. Love it. So that the further we get away from him, the further that we will then um, not be able to recognize the true peace that you were talking about and that we will then uh, become tolerant or uh, learn to accept yeah. um, uh, a false peace. Mm. Right, because remember, it's not always that black and white. No, right, because no, that's no, that's not, not the world that Satan world that that Satan runs. I'll tell you some stories right? about this week. That you know? that that. You're right. Yeah. You know, but yeah. th- no, that's not how Satan operates. Right, it's always he he's a, a, an author of confusion, and God is not. Mm. Right, Satan um, is a liar. He's the father of lies. He can never not lie. Just like God can never. Um, can never not tell the truth, yeah. right? He has to. Yeah. Uh, and so Satan is always looking for a way, and it's always subtle. Yeah. Uh, it's always covert, and it's usually in the guise of a lot of truth. Because remember, Satan knows the scriptures too. Mm. A lot of truth, but mixed in of enough lie, yeah. where then we get off track. Right. Uh, and that's what we have to be mindful of. Right. We read passages like this and say, yes, he is for peace, and we should be too. Yeah. 
But you're absolutely right. It starts in the heart. Yeah. It starts with our hearts. Yeah. And then we realize, hey, we step out that Let door. Let that overflow. Yep. And we are a missionary. On mission. On mission. Love it. For a Christ who brings peace. Yeah. And hope. Love it, love it, yeah. love it, love it. Well, there you go. So we're going to uh, close out here today. Thank you for joining us. Church, I hope and pray that this was a blessing to you. Um, remember, being in the Word is one of the, the most important things that you can do just consistently. And uh, not as a religious way to get you closer to the Lord, but just as a, as a consistent reminder, the Word promises never return void. And, um, you know, he who meditates on his law day and night. So hoping and praying that this gives you a little bit more to meditate on, to think about. Mm. And uh, Lord willing, you tune in next week again. You're finding and following along when you can. Be blessed today. God bless you.